Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast, Jason. Episode 57. I'm excited about this one. We're going to talk to a legend. Yeah, it's uh, you talk about Central Section football and what this man has done in the last, what, six years since he's been there or yeah. how many years, whatever, but whatever how long he's been at Central, but how, how big has actually dominated the section of football since he's taken over. And, um, you know, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's absolutely fun to talk to him. It's, we try to, you know, we've got his, uh, a lot of his players came on our radio show and he's always been very supportive with that. And, um, but it, you know, just, he's a busy man, man, <laughs> a busy, busy man. And we've been trying to get him for a while, but you know, with the season and everything and, you know, you know, he's always going to go late into that year. So <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> a long absolutely right, man. He's, uh, it feels like it's you know it feels like he's been at Central forever already, right? Because he's done so much in, in a short amount of time, but he's just accomplished a ton. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and it seems state. like uh, it seems like all the uh, section, you know, like section championships or whatever, they got to go through Central. It seems like that's that's just what it is now. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, looking forward to that one. Letting you guys hear that. It was a really fun conversation. Kyle was uh, super generous. Gave us a ton of time. And uh, really got to break down his story. So, yeah, we're excited to play that one for you in a couple minutes here. But uh, first, you know, Jason, it was uh, it was kind of a big week in the CIF world, wasn't it? Oh, it's enormous, man. Like, <laughs> people have been, you know, like, it's been one of those things. Like, we've been, you know, we've been kind of talking about it all year about, you know, the seedings and, like, how is it unfair? And, you know, like, and, and I, you know, the, the number one school that everyone talks about and, you know, I... I, I know those girls. I know the coaching staff. I was a part of that coaching staff last year. But, you know, Clovis North in D5, like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, right, exactly. I think that was kind of the uh, – that was one of those catalysts that really got people talking and, uh, you know, had people a little more upset than normal about the whole situation. And then, you know, like, even on the boys' side, you have, you know, Bakersfield and Clovis High right there. You know, Bakersfield would have been D4. Clovis High is right there on the cusp. I think they would, they would end up dropping into D4. And, you know, like, those two teams have no business being in D4. You know, like, they might, you know, they're not having the seasons that they would want in D1 or, you know, but D4, those two teams, they can go win it at D4 with the kind of players that they have. So, you know, I, I think you saw it on both the girls' side and the guys' side where it's just there's two teams or three teams right there that are examples that have no business being in D4, D5. Yeah, yeah, you're you're 100% right. I mean, it's just it was, it was the old system, which, you know, luckily we're not dealing, dealing with anymore, but it was it was strictly going to reward big schools that were bad and it was going to move them down to the point where they could win it all. So yeah. it's it was frustrating. I know a lot of the small schools um, just were not happy with it, right? And, and they shouldn't have been. So I, I do wish they would have been annoyed a little sooner, <laughs> like never vote this thing in, to, in the first place. But um, I guess they didn't really realize what was going to happen. So uh, Yeah, and I think, 
and I think they really weren't quite sure. You know, I don't think they really understood. You know, we saw it with like Doss House football, yeah. what happened with them. And Grant, like Doss House didn't have their quarterback and everything either, but like you still saw that like, you know, man for man, roster for roster, they did they just, you know, they weren't able to compete. And here's the thing though, they so didn't they didn't have their quarterback, but they still gave up like sixty two points on defense. So No, that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm just saying is the like roster for roster, they don't have yeah the, the people. And like that's what like, I don't think people understand this. Like most teams like at the D three, D four levels, even you know, like they'll have the they like when we coach when I coached that Fresno Christian with John Pimberty, our starting five could compete with the D one with any D one school, D two schools, right? Yeah. With Tyus and Carson and Orion, like like we could compete with D ones. But once we start the difference is the depth, right? It's the same thing as when you talk about high major division one versus mid major, low major. It becomes the depth. Right. Like you all of a sudden, like, you know, at Fresno Christian, we start going into six, seven, eight. There's a huge drop off compared to like a Clovis North six, seven, eight. Right. Or Clovis West or, you know, like even, you know, like these other teams, like a Buller, like there's a huge, there's a drop off. And that's, that is a different. Yeah. Like I don't want people thinking like, oh, I'm like, these teams couldn't compete. Yeah, they can compete. But when you start having to go in the depth, that's where it becomes dangerous. And we're not even talking deep depth there. I mean, six, seven, eight, that's, no. everybody has to use those guys. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you know. Uh, you know, if if you know we we play in California, so we have a shot clock. Now, if we were in another state like Nevada, we could go four corners. And, you know, we can make it a twenty to sixteen game, whatever. We can just put you know you just stall, but thank goodness we have a shot clock. So. <laughs> thank goodness, dude. I would. I don't think I could be a basketball fan if we didn't have a shot clock. No, but then I'm interested to see like right, Matt Whitney's on that cusp. You know, they're on the cusp of you know being in the open or right. If they're not in the open, they're going to be in D two. So we'll we'll kind of see and hopefully. You know, like I kind of hope Mount Whitney is in D two. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't think Mount, you know, and just nothing against Mount Whitney. I've not seen him play. I know you have, but I just don't. I think, I think Clovis North is a better. Um, I think Central is a better team. Um, I think Clovis North will probably be that team that gets that fourth spot, and they're deserving so of who they played. And, um, you know, and you look at really their only losses, like in this section at Clovis North. There, you know, there's not very many losses that they have, and you know. The one tournament, you know, they had a bad showing in a tournament. Where I think they had probably like a third of their losses. You know, they were without Coach Amundsen. They were without Connor Amundsen, CJ Amundsen. You know, like, so, yeah, it's you a, know, you got to take that in a factor. And, you know, that was a big-time tournament, too. So Yeah, they were down there at the Damien Classic. Huge tournament, and they didn't have their guy, right? They, they didn't have Connor. They didn't have Coach. Um, and I think, and, you know, it looked like Connor was, you know, even when Connor came back, he wasn't his best self. You know, so, like, it took him a while to finally get back into that groove, and but you know I, I I don't think anybody would complain to see a Clovis West Clovis North matchup for the fourth time. No, absolutely not. I'm, I'll, I will uh, sign up to see that one instantly. Yeah, you're right. And then you know on the girls' side, I nothing against Napomo, nothing against Napomo, but like we've talked about this, and we talked about this on the radio show, and you know Clovis West is by far the best girls team. Yeah, but I think San Joaquin Memorial is the second best girls team. Like, they have their ladies. Now. You know, like when they lost to Buchanan, I told I've been saying this all year. Asha Sarai, in my opinion, and I might be biased because I post her and all, but I, I think she's the best point guard in the section. Um, and I know I've talked with other, you know, there's other coaches, and you know, we've talked about with other people. I've talked with you in front of these other coaches with podcasts and different things, and 
you know, you've heard some of them agree with me with that. We're not going to name any names because I don't want to throw anybody in the bus, but he's dynamic, you know, and you saw what they did in the Poma. They beat them like by 45, 46. That's supposed to be a fourth, you know, that's supposed to be the fourth best team in the open. So, and my thing is, I don't know if, and I, I tell us, I think Columbus West is a better team. As a team, I think they're a better team. Memorial, I think, is has a better talent, but we all know, you know, it, you know, you got to be a team. And but, you know, I think if Memorial is not in the open, you might as well just give that trophy <laughs> to Clovis West. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, but you know, if Memorial's there, I don't, you know, I think it'll be at least a game. You know, like Campbell can't pass out the section championship shirts with still seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. Because <laughs> I feel like that's what happens in you know, like the last. 20 second championships he's been in. Yeah. All I know is that I, I want to see it, man. We've been waiting forever. I want to see that matchup, that, you know, San Joaquin Memorial, yeah. Clovis West girls matchup. I just want to see it happen. Put them in the open division. We thought we might get it last yeah. year. We thought we might get it last year. And then San Joaquin Memorial didn't go to the playoffs. Well, and yeah, you know, like they were having girls, you know, it was at the end of the year. You had girls who had to report to, you know, and like they wouldn't have been at full strength anyways. Like yeah, last year, so was, last year was a weird year. But I'm just saying, we, I thought we were gonna get yeah. it. We didn't get it. Now I want to get it this time. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, and then I also kind of hope too. Like I don't know how the petitions went, but I know um, like Bakersfield Christian and who were right there petitioned the D and D one. Hopefully yeah. they can be in that. Give me a second. And then I, I know actually, I actually have I do have those petitions and how they went. And then I know Bakersfield. I mean, Clovis High was trying to petition to go down to D three. Um, and I'm actually interested to see how close high, if they do go D3, how they do in it, because, you know, like I said, there's a good possibility of being D4. Like if, you know, close high goes and makes a deep run in D3, could you imagine what they've done in D4? You know, so it's... Yeah. Okay, so Bakersfield Christian's uh, appeal to move up was granted. Good for them. And Hoover's appeal to move up was granted as well. Good. Yeah, so very good. Um, Looks like most teams... Most teams' appeal was granted. Uh, do we know what Clovis High's base division was for basketball? Were they a D2? No, they were D1. Okay. Clovis High. Well, people don't understand. Clovis High is the biggest Clovis Unified High School. Yeah. We talk about Clovis West with logins about being the small. Clovis High is the biggest high school of all the D1, or out of all the Clovis. Okay, so Clovis High's appeal was granted. Which oh, means, they're D3? Which means they can only move down one division. If, they're, if their base is D1... They can only go down to D two. I think they were trying to petition to beat their base division D two. Yeah, I don't know what their base is. I just know that their appeal was granted. So wherever their base is, they went down one division. Okay, but yeah, I know they're like they're D one. Like their student body, their count is D one. So they're the biggest. You know, what I'm saying like if every other Clovis school is D one. Yeah, yeah. Clovis High is the biggest. You know, like I can put two and two together. Um, so, but no, it's, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Seedings will be coming out. Um, you know, we already have some teams I've already clinched their league championships. Yeah. So that's super exciting, super fun. Um, you know, and you know, I also want, you know, the seniors, right. We had a lot of seniors. We have senior nights that already happened. We have some senior nights coming out. So, you know, hopefully those, you know, those, those kids are going to enjoy and have fun those senior nights. And then, yeah, I know we're, know, doing, we're I know we're doing ours tomorrow, so yeah, it's a big week for senior nights. Um, and then I think the coolest thing, probably this whole 
was probably what Buchanan did. Oh wrestling. my gosh, dude! How how sick were those pictures? That was unbelievable. Just uh, and it, I thought it was, you know, I know I I know it was supposed to be one versus two in the state. I think somebody just forgot to shut, tell Poway that they're the number two team in the state. But yeah. What yeah, what Buchanan did to them? Oh my goodness! <laughs> if that doesn't tell you who the best wrestling team is in uh, the state of California in D one. Yeah, or whatever. Like that's that was just an absolute. I mean, I think that's absolutely cool what they did. Like you know, it kind of reminded me of um, like what hockey does. What hockey does outdoors. I was like, that's pretty cool. And you know, I tip my hat to be candid, just thinking outside the box and just you know. And this is and you know we've talked about this before. This is why Fresno State needs to have wrestling. Like this is really why they need to have wrestling. Like it's the wrestling community here in the section and how important wrestling is and. I don't, you know, hopefully Fresno State can get wrestling back and then just deep in spirit because the community, this community absolutely loves wrestling. Yeah, you're right. Hey, I got it here. I just found it. So on the CIF website, boys basketball, Clovis High's base division was actually Division Two. Yeah, so I I think they petitioned to be D2, and so then yeah, so they were able to, I think, drop down D3. Yeah, so their appeal was granted. They, I believe, will be playing playoffs in Division Three. so... At least it's not D four. Yeah, you know, and you know, and I don't want anybody thinking like, like I, I actually, you know, actually respect the hell hell out of John Hines. I do think he's a good coach. It's just you know, like, it's it's about equality and it's about fairness. And you know, like I've worked for Streeter and plenty of times. I'm out here talking about his deep, you know, them not being in deep. Like, so I don't want people coming out being be like, oh, this guy doesn't like his hair. I've been friends with a lot of these people for you know, <laughs> for. I'm a, you know, I've known Hines for close to 20 years. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it works out. And, you know, I'm excited about these meetings. I'm excited about the playoffs. And, you know, I, it's it's going to be absolutely fun. And then, side note, it's, you know, got to give a shout out to Ross Wood, the new Buchanan uh, head football coach. And then um, I think Clovis High has a guy. Not really sure. Hasn't really been made official. Yeah, I've kind of heard or, both both ways on that, huh? Yeah, I've kind of heard they have a guy, but they really haven't made it official. I know the guy that they wanted to <laughs> um, decided uh, he was going to stay in Gunnison, Colorado. I wonder who that was. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you're coaching a team that's – when you take over a team that's, you know, winning one game, two games a year, and then you bring them into the top 20. I don't think it's that difficult, but um, yeah, that man was staying put. He just got named like coach of the year or whatever. He was, uh, yeah, he's in a good spot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I don't know if Oversight uh, has a new coach or not, but it'll be, you know, it'll be exciting. It'll be interesting. Uh, the track's going to look completely different next year. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, a lot of new faces. At the league, right? You got athletes having new coaches, um, right? Coaches. Buchanan and Clovis High all have new coaches, and uh, you know, uh, Coach Brown at Clovis West. <laughs> he's only in his second year, but he's like the second longest tenured in Clovis Unified. You got Jay Cott at North, and then you got the guy everyone's chasing and everyone's hunting down in uh, Bigs at Central. And so, yeah, brings us uh, full circle right back to today's episode, right? Yep. The uh, the guy that's been around the longest in the track, and he's uh, got the program everybody's gunning for, right? Yeah, and I do want to just put this out on the record. From when the Clovis High job first opened, 
you had people trying to say he was going to Clovis High, and I immediately, immediately said, what did I say, Daniel? He said there's no chance. He was not leaving for Clovis High. Yep. Not gonna I just ha- want to put that on record. Not- want to put that on record. Yep, you said it wasn't going to happen. People uh, seem to think 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 differently, and uh, what do you know? He's still out of Central. And then you know, we also heard the name Jazz Baines at Clovis High. Also, when Kyle wasn't going to go, then I what did I say with that? Yep, it ain't happened any. Not happened. So it also helps too that you know my brother-in-law coaches for Central, so got yeah. that inside information. Definitely well well connected <laughs> on both sides there. Yeah, and then you know. Jazz is the closest thing to an older brother that I have. So, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's funny how people who try to tell me that these things were going to happen. I'm just like, oh, I feel like, I feel like, this, I feel like I would know this information, <laughs> but, yep. but no, it's, but no, I'm actually, I was actually thrilled to talk with Kyle, you know, Clovis, Kyle's a Clovis high guy, uh, Clovis high alum. And yeah, you know, to hear his story and his journey, um, and to get to where he's at, uh, one of the best, one of the best football minds I've ever been around and known. And yeah, do you remember? Um, he probably mentions it in the episode, but I don't remember what what he said. Do you, what year did he graduate from Clovis High? Uh, Kyle Biggs graduated. Ooh, I believe in ninety eight. So okay. he played in the ninety seven section. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, he graduated. Ooh, or did he graduate? Ooh, I think he graduated in 98. Yeah. 97 or 98. I'm pretty sure it's 98. Yeah, because, ooh, yeah, I think it's 98. I'm I'm, I'm sorry if I butchered. (laughs) All good. I think we covered it in the the talk there. So, anyways, let's get right to it. We're talking about Kyle, and uh, we got him coming right up here for you. So, this is Off the Bench, episode, what do we got, episode 57? Ooh, who would have thought, man? Yeah, episode Uh, uh, 57, and I, I believe... Hold on here, I think I think this week is actually the one year anniversary. Yeah, so this week a year ago was when we posted episode one, which had uh, Karachi former Bulldog Karachi Edo. Karachi who started the whole thing, man. Yeah, Got this whole thing going. Yeah, I actually talked to Karachi the other day. He's uh he's looking to hopefully soon head overseas and keep playing ball somewhere. So I told him if he uh. Different. If he gets signs a contract and makes that official, that he needed to come on the radio with us and make that announcement. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good so, yeah, good stuff there. Um, absolutely, yeah. So we're going to get out here. Epi- this is episode 57 featuring the legend himself, Kyle Biggs. Here we go. All right, off the bench, Jason. I'm excited about today. We're going to have a really fun conversation with somebody I've been looking forward to uh, to get to know a little bit here. I think it's going to be a good time. No, yeah. Um, you know, another Clovis High alum. Um, you know, guys doing big things. And when you talk about high school football, there's no way you do not talk about this man's program. Yeah, you, you can't tell the story of uh, Central Valley football right now without using the name Kyle Biggs. And uh, that's that's due to... You know, the, the big stuff he's been doing out there at Central High. Coach, how you doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, we're excited about this. I, we'll, go, we'll go all the way back to the beginning here. You uh, you grew up as a 
as a Clovis High kid. Tell us about that. Well, you know, actually, uh, my sister graduated from Buchanan, and I was spo- we were both supposed to go to Clovis West. And uh, I wasn't running the wing tee. And I grew <laughs> up, you know, around Clovis High since sixth grade because my dad was coaching there. And we applied for an interdistrict transfer and actually got denied. And the funny part is, is my dad made a list of every coach he knew in Clovis Unified. You know, back then it was just Clovis High and Clovis West of, uh, you know, who had transfers denied. And he goes to the district office and they're like, oh, no, Mr. Biggs, we made a mistake. It's approved. He's like, no, but I got a list. Like, I want to fight this. (laughs) No, sir, it's okay. It's been taken care of. Like, your son's going to Clark. So I was like, oh, okay. So that's, that's why I ended up at Clovis High. We actually lived, like, I lived two minutes away from Clovis West. So it kind of just worked out that way. I would have loved to have seen Kyle Biggs in the wing tee. I would have been miserable. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely miserable. I would have loved to see you on those QB sweeps. Yeah, buck, buck, buck sweep right, right <laughs> left. Yeah, I'm good. Use that athleticism. Just use those wheels. <laughs> yeah, man. It's called, it's called deceptive speed. It covers, it covers ground. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you you know, your dad, Coach Biggs, was – on one of the probably the greatest high school coaching staffs this central section has ever seen and may ever see, right? Like you have guys that were together for so many years, man. Like what was it like growing up on those sidelines? Uh, it was just crazy, man, because those guys were together for so long and they like they always they, they complimented each other well. They knew what each other were thinking. They knew what each other were we're going to do before they do it. They spend so much time together. Um, you know, us as kids, we, there, you know, Billy Jack Erdman and Josh Wetzel, we were around it so much that, you know, there was guys kind of got to be like brothers with me because we were just around each other so much. Um, and it was a real family atmosphere. No. Yeah. It's, you know, you look at it. I, you know, I think about it and just, you know, you have like, you know, your dad you have coach Erdman, coach wetzel rest in peace you know coach simons coach kellum you know what i'm saying like you look at those staff and what they were able to build and accomplish at clovis high is just unbelievable and just you know the teams that they had and just the players and the community that they were able to you know just the awareness of you know nothing was better than you know going to la monica on a friday night and watching those teams compete yeah, you know, it wasn't, but as a kid and, and being behind it all, you see how much time they put into it, how much film they watch, and all the work and effort that goes into making those teams what they were. Um, it really developed me as, as far as where I wanted to be as a coach and what I wanted to do, and and it gave me a blueprint of what needed to be done if you wanted to run a championship program. Now, of course, with today's technology and huddle, you know, we don't – back in the day, they used to meet on Saturday and Sunday. They had to, you know, dub tapes and – copy tapes and trade tape, you know, we don't, we just get on the internet and just go our separate ways now, you know, but back then they, they, they spent so much time watching film. And, you know, I remember my dad calling me up to his room and having me watch film with him and uh, you know, he couldn't see the numbers. So I'm just spitting out numbers of guys wondering why he's rewinding the same play a hundred times. And he's telling me he's got to watch every single player, what they're doing, their first step, their technique. And it just really installed the, the, effort and the time that it took to be a good coach and have a good program. That's crazy. Like, you know, people don't, and that's the one thing I tell people all the time. I right? like, you know, I coach basketball, like you watch basketball, but like coaching football, man, just the time that you guys put in the time, just, it's ridiculous. Like it's, you guys live to your coaching staff. You guys live together for the most part. You, you know, you do film Saturdays, you guys are doing film Sunday. Like it is, it is unbelievable. It is, you know, from, 
whenever you guys start to when your season ends, it is it is a full on grind. Yeah, it is. And you got to you got to embrace the grind. And a lot of young coaches don't understand what it is. That's why, you know, you get a lot of guys burning out or, you know, they think they're varsity coaches and they're up to the play. And it's like, man, wait, we got to meet. We got to do this. That's that's too much, man. You know, I want to do this. and that. Sorry, bro. Like this is this is the life we're living right now. You know, and thank God my wife puts up with it and, and allows me to do what I do. And, um, you know, we kind of take turns during the during the football season. She's got the kids and during the spring, the, you know, they're all mine and she gets to, you know, do whatever she needs to do to stay sane. <laughs> So, right, you, you know, you're at Clark, you're at Clovis High, your first year, like, you know, varsity, you kind of split time as quarterback. What was that like? Sucked. <laughs> it just, it sucked, man. It was me and Danny Luna and, and credit to Danny. Danny handled it better than I did. He was a, he was a real leader and a real champion. Um, you know, the, I remember when the coaches told us, you know, in our meeting that there's a lot of competition and they're going to go with the seniors. And that was it. That was all that was said. And I just was like, Dude, this, this is wrong. Like, I didn't say when, if you were playing, how much you did, nothing. Just, all right, let's go to Thursday practice and do our walkthrough. And it's like, all right. And I'm going to stay on the sideline. And they're like, first team offense. And Luna runs out there. And then, you know, we were doing sudden change. And they said, first team offense again. And I'm just standing there because I'm not on first team offense. And Sexton's like, get out there. And I'm like, well, no one told me anything. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I don't know how to handle this. This is my first time kind of, you know, having my university and being disappointed. And, you know, my dad wanted to look at me on the sidelines. It was just, it was real hard to, to accept and handle. I went home and cried, man. I was that pissed. And then just doing the, you know, me and Danny handled it well. It, it sucked, but, you know, it was funny because we had a great running back, Kent Saunders. And, yeah. you know, once we got inside the 10-yard line, we knew we were just going to hand it off to Kent so we can get a touchdown. So, like, if his four plays were up, it was like, nah, dude, you finish this off. Because <laughs> I could do it handing it off to Kent. I want a fresh series. And so yeah. we kind of, you know, had a mutual agreement that we would split or when to split plays and when to, when to switch off series. It's funny because we had Luna on the radio show, and I told Luna the Clovis High running back now. I was like, he kind of reminded me of Kent Saunders a little bit. And so I was like. Yeah. A little, a little. Kent was a freak, man. Like, Risley is, is a dude. Like, don't get me wrong. But Kent Saunders, like, I saw Kent Saunders hurdle a fence and catch a fly ball like it was nothing. Like, the guy just does everything well. Like, yeah, everything. He's a god. He's in my mind. Kent Saunders is like he was like a living legend. Like when we were playing with him, he could do anything. No, yeah, you, it's funny because you you know those teams and you know like I remember you know you guys had like the Fat Boys and like just just the talent of you know the teams that you had and but yeah it's you know like you there's certain people you know like as a kid you know you watch and you you know you watch these guys plays and you're just like oh my goodness like there's certain guys that just stick in your mind that you're like these like you said they're like gods. Yeah. Yeah. Kent was definitely one of those guys. Cody Nolan's one of those yeah. guys. Um, growing up, it was Keith Poole for me. I got to watch Keith Poole and Sosoyoff and those guys. Were, and they won a Valley Championship. And that was the, you know, the last one they won before uh, before we got there. And it was like, all right, we got to we got to get back to that. You know, what do we have to do? And our junior, we got all the way there. And, you know, Maurice Rodriguez for Redwood scooped up a, a David Shababian fumble, returned it for a touchdown. And, you know, we were fighting our way back at the whole game and just couldn't couldn't get a stop and, and couldn't take care of business when we needed to and you know we lost and I just remember sitting underneath the goalpost and I just I watched them celebrate you know I didn't even want to go inside I just I watched Redwood celebrate on the Monica's field you know I can still see it today it's just you know it, it's in burnt, engraved in my memory that you know just how much you know I don't want to get to that point and, and, and not win you know yeah so how much was that a motivation going into your senior year 
it was a ton, man, because I'm holding workouts. I'm I'm doing seven on sevens with you know I got linemen playing linebacker. You know I, I I'm I'm doing stuff to try to make myself better because I felt like I didn't play good enough in that game to win it, and there were mistakes I made that I shouldn't have made, and and I wasn't going to be the reason we didn't win a championship, and I was going to do everything I could to make sure that you know I did everything I could to make sure we would win a championship, and I didn't want to leave any stone unturned. So you know we were doing workouts on our own. It wasn't like today, you know. Um, we basically had spring ball. That was the first time we came together as a team. And, you know, we weren't doing that. Me and Robert White, uh, we kind of led the charge and Chris Barker. And we got everyone together. We were working out every single day after school, um, you know, with our little note cards that Coach Kelton gave us with all our lifts on them. <laughs> trying to get and, those uh, gold stars, man. Trying to get those gold yeah, stars get, on the back. Get those gold stars and get those arrows in the, you know, making sure we get those arrows on our name. So people saw we were doing our upper bodies and lower body workouts every day. And trying to hey, try to get on those charts, right? See her name yeah, in the man. weight room. Yeah, I never made it. Uh, to this day, it's one of my <laughs> biggest disappointments. I never got on there. Oh, that's good stuff. So, but what was it like though? You know, like you know, you shared time as a junior. Now you're senior. Now it's you know, like you said, it's you get the you know, you get to the keys of the car, man. Yeah, man. I knew it was my team, and I knew you know I wanted to have a great year. I wanted to show that last year, like I should have been the guy. Uh, and that's nothing to Danny. Danny was awesome, like I said, but that's just the competitor in you. I'm sure Danny wanted to be the guy himself too, and and it's just that's just our competitive nature. You know, I wanted to prove that, you know, if if I was the guy, we would have won a championship, and um, I'm going to show it this year. And you know, I was blessed to have you know a great offensive line. The Fat Boys, you know, they give up five sacks all year. We threw 350 passes, so that's a, a testament to them. And you know, my dad and Coach Williams protecting us, Coach Freeman and Coach Sexton. I, I, that offensive staff was pretty amazing. That whole staff was pretty amazing. Um, and just, you know, I, I knew they were going to put me in the situation to be successful. I just had to take advantage of it, and I wanted to make sure I was I was doing everything I needed to do to be able to take advantage of those situations. You know, like you talked about, you know, you have your dad, and the, probably one of the greatest O-line coaches, high school O-line coaches in this area, and – what was that like? You know, you're watching film. Like, you get the whole, like, breakdown of, you know, like, O-line techniques. And, you know, like, you look in today's, you know, like, you you know, calling protections and stuff like that. Were you able to call those type of protections or see, you know, kind of see what needed to be changed or what was coming at you? No, it was more along the lines of it just gave me a notion of knowing what was going to happen before it happened. Like, all right, I see this guy, his feet change. That means he's blitzing, he's not dropping. All right, I know I got to get rid of the ball fast. This guy's coming. So it just helped me in my preparation. They didn't uh, really allow me to audible and change plays, although I would – we had a numbering system. So, like, uh, if coach called a 1-4, a that was a zone run play. Um, but 4-1 would be a pass play. So sometimes I'd mix them up on purpose. <laughs> And, and just, oh, I got 4-1, and, you know, that's a hitch to the outside. And, and if they're pressing, then I can throw a fade and, that's you know, throw a deep ball. So sometimes that, that would happen. And, but that was the only time I would get to, you know, audible or, or change the play. And I was I just pretended it was on accident. And the rule was as long as I made it work, it was okay. As soon as I screwed it up, like, I couldn't do it anymore. Hey, as long as you – Sexton was all about as long as you completed that pass. Yeah, man, as long as I make them look good, I'm doing my job. So what was that? You know, think about it too. Like, I look back at it, whereas, you know, this is the late 90s, and I think Sexton was kind of like an innovator when it came to high school football because, you know, most teams in high school weren't throwing it as much as you guys were throwing it. No, not at all, man. I mean, we had we had those little play-action passes, and, and um, you know, they would be considered RPOs today, and they were kind of installed in our game plan, and, I remember we put in a smash concept my senior year, and it was like, whoa, what is this, taking a five-step drop on a hitch, coach? Are you crazy? 
and now you know that's just a staple of everything we're doing today um so yeah they they did a really good job of preparing us and getting us getting us right and for me it really showed me as a coach you know you can't just be stuck in your ways and just because something has worked before doesn't mean it's always going to work you know people are going to catch on they're going to catch up and you got to be innovative and and figure out ways to kind of do the same thing but in different ways so your senior year you played in probably one of the most iconic valley championship games still to this day right like it is probably yeah, that, that thing was that thing was crazy it just the fog just rolled in because it was clear and it was good and then like i remember on pregame warm-up i looked at the jean kelly my center and i'm like dude did they like did they fire a, a cannon like i heard a cannon like where'd all the smoke come from and he's like dude it's fog and i'm like no and he's like dude it's fog and then we come back out after warm-ups and it's like you can't even see the other sideline Coach Sexton's down on the sidelines. He couldn't even see anything from the booth, and he's claustrophobic, so he yes. gets, like, skittish and weird. <laughs> and, like, I was like, dude, I got to get away from you, man. You're making me nervous. And it was just uh, – it was crazy. The fog was ridiculous. That is the one – yeah, like, I remember – because you guys played Bakersfield, right? Yeah, it was Bakersfield at Bakersfield College. Like, I just – the you know, I remember just the thickness, you know, and – everyone just talking about like how crazy it is. I, I think it's crazy now. Cause like you hear people and it's just, it's even, you know, the stories get so exaggerated now <laughs> to this point, but, but what was that like? Right. Cause you're, you know, you're a passing team, right? Like it's not, it's not like you guys yeah. are based off the run. Whereas like Bakersfield was kind of more, you know, they were more run oriented team and you know, in the fog, it's kind of hard to see, see the defense on, you know, certain. So how, you know, like, Talk about like just you know the game plan of you know did you guys change up what you had to do? Yeah, it really just got kind of simpler, and um, we had done some stuff earlier in the year with Cody putting Cody in the slot, and it was like all right if he's off throw the out, if he's tight throw the fade, and it was kind of that was kind of the game plan. Just all right, we're gonna line up Cody here, and and if he's off throw throw it short, if he's tight throw it deep, and and that's kind of what we did. Um, we ran the ball, we had some success running the ball. I had a rushing touchdown, uh, which was crazy because, like, I, I would roll out a lot and run, but I, w I would only run if I had to. My whole thing was I wanted to scramble, make you come up, and then as soon as you come up, I'm going to throw the ball to the guy you just left. And I remember the first time it was 0-0, and I broke the contain, and I swear, man, every single one of those DBs looked at me and turned around and sprinted to the nearest receiver. And it was like, what, what huh? <laughs> And I just kind of like took off running, like looking around, like, is anybody going to, and nobody touched me, man. It was a 29 yard touchdown run. I was like, all right, I'll take it. And I was so jazzed. Me, me and Cody were supposed to do the old mile high salute, you know, the Terrell, uh, Terrell yeah. Davis. And I was so jazzed for a rushing touchdown. I completely forgot. <laughs> Cody got to the sidelines. He's like, bro, you left me hanging. I was like, man, I forgot, man. I'm sorry. Talk, you know, like talk about what it's like playing with Cody Nolan, man. Just unbelievable athlete, right? You know, got drafted. MLB was the second round. Yeah, second round, 50th pick. I mean, it, he's just a, he's a crazy athlete, man. He could do some things that were just unbelievable. I mean, on a baseball field, on a football field, and he didn't play basketball. No, he was an unbelievable basketball, basketball player. Basketball yeah, player. yeah, like he was just an unreal athlete when he wanted to be. And that was the thing is, is he just if he wanted to just shine, he would shine, and he just, and he did like that. It was just just like a switch man he would just get fired up and be like hey throw me the ball do this do that um and he would he would do it it was just it was it was it was really a joy because i would just throw the ball up there and he would go get it yeah it's like your high school version of randy moss 
Pretty much, man. Pretty much. So what, you know, when you think of the Fog Bowl, like what are the things that like stand out? The first, not being able to see the sideline. And then the second one was we, we came out after halftime and they got the lead. They scored a touchdown to make it 14-13. And uh, um, Coach Sexton's like, what do you want to do? I go, I want to take a shot. I want to go deep. And he was okay. And so uh, he called a play. And I remember just chucking it to Cody. And, like, you could see Cody catch it. And then Cody started stumbling. And then he disappeared in the fog. <laughs> so you couldn't, you couldn't see him anymore. And the linemen are like, what happened? And I'm like, he caught him. They're like, did he score? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's go find out. <laughs> and so we go running downfield. And as we're running downfield, uh, Cody comes hopping out of the fog, and we're like, did you score? He's like, no, nah, he tripped me up, man. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't score. He's like, where are you at? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then we ended up kicking a field goal. You know, it's the toughest field goal kicker of mankind, Casey Olson. Um, he put kicked four field goals that game. And so that uh, – or three. That gave us the lead, um, 16 to 13 – or 16 to 14, I'm sorry. And then uh, I remember later in the game in the fourth quarter um, – Coach Sexton wanted to call this uh, – who wanted to call it? It was like shotgun four-wide crossing routes that we ran earlier in the game that I had to throw away the ball because it just didn't work. And uh, I go, why? Let's just get in double tight ends, two running backs, and I'm going to throw Cody a quick out. And if they press him, I'll throw Cody a fake. And like, I'm talking to Sexton. I just hear Simon just go, run it. And like, <laughs> okay. So I just ran into the field, called the play. I get under center. and we I had to signal. The receiver wasn't allowed to signal the route. I had to signal it. And I get under center. I'm like, all right, that guy's four yards off. It's fourth and three. Like, we can get a three-yard out. Okay, I'm throwing the quick out. And I get under center, and Cody just – like, Cody's look is just anger. And he just taps his helmet. And I'm like, oh. Oh, we're going, okay, we're going, we're going fade? fade? Yeah, Cody's running the fade. I better throw the fade. And I throw the fade. Cody catches it for a touchdown, and that was the icing on the cake. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, they should have let you call more audibles, man, let you do your own thing more. Uh, you know, when we were in, we went to Clovis, New Mexico that year to play a game, and uh, we we were losing by seven with 30 seconds left, and it was fourth down. And I come to the sidelines, and Coach Sexton wants to run all verticals, and he wants me to throw the ball to like uh, I think it was Jack Needhammer, and I'm like, I got one-on-one -on -one coverage with Cody over here. Like, let me throw Cody a, a, a skinny post. And I'm like, no. And I walked away, and I go, I'm throwing the skinny post. And I just heard Coach Simons just said my name, you know, like Kyle. <laughs> Oh man, like I'm it's like I'm talking back to my dad, you know, and I turn around and he just goes, Make it work. And I was like, well, I, said, I got you. And we, I threw the touchdown. We then coach said, Go for two. I got to the sideline. He said, What do you want to do? I go, I want to throw a fade. He goes, Throw it up. Throw a fade to Cody. We won 29-28. And it was crazy. There's like ten thousand people there. And we had like two hundred people. And they just they, yeah, it was that was it was crazy. Was that your first time going into Mexico when you guys went there? Yes. Did you ever yeah, think? Was, did was. you ever think you'd be going back? No, dude, <laughs> no. And what's funny is when I went back, we played a game in Eastern New Mexico, and we made a pit stop at Clovis High. So I was like, I'm going to the field. I gotta, I, I gotta relive some, some nostalgic <laughs> moments here. That is awesome. But yeah, like you know, like people don't realize, you know, you guys won a championship, Valley Championship in football, baseball won a national championship, like. Just, you know, the, the, the athletes, you know, you played with and just, you know, it was like the peak of Clovis High days. Yeah, man. They were back-to-back -back national champions in baseball. 
and they were just they were there there were some dudes out there man mike bumate cody nolan carson white greg donato um Derek brantley mike gonzalez chris patrick um i mean they, they had squad man that was a good team no yeah it was just unbelievable you get in those dog piles uh yeah we did <laughs> uh the one at beggarsfield we did we snuck on so it was yeah we 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 actually snuck into the game. We said we were with the trainer because we, we we just carried an ice chest in. <laughs> so we got in for free and then uh, almost started a fight on their sideline. And then, uh, yeah, I got it on the dog pile. It was cool. Now, Coach, you mentioned, uh, you, first of all, you've been dropping some names here. I love it. Um, but you mentioned the toughest kicker in uh, high school kicker in history. Was Casey playing other positions for you guys too, or was he just a kicker? He played DB also, but okay. uh, he didn't start. He put, he was like used sparingly, but he was our kicker, man, and uh, put three through the uprights, man, in a Valley Championship game. Unbelievable wrestler. Yeah, I mean, yeah. unbelievable <laughs> MMA. But no, you know, you know, let's not. We're not trying to be mean, but you know, Kyle, you 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 coach football, and you know. When you think of kickers, Casey Olson is not the guy that you're thinking of when you think of most kickers. No. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Usually you're like, I can beat up the kicker. There's not many people who are beating up that kicker. No, no one is. There's nobody <laughs> So after, you know, after you get done playing at, you know, Clovis High, you take your talents to Fresno City. Was it always the Fresno City? Were you thinking about going to other places out of high school? Like well, how did that work? I actually out? went to Merced. I went to Merced first. Okay. And then in my first game, I dislocated my hip. Um worst injury i've had like it was it was my shoulder touched my knee man it was it was i was miserable and so uh i i read medical redshirt the first year the second year at merced we were terrible um so i i was like i'm not playing for this like just the the just the culture was just terrible and fresno city had starting to liven up because fresno city's culture wasn't great when i left um but when i got when i after two years at merced the culture had changed with coach caviglia and so I decided I wanted to come back and, and play in that. So that's when I came back to Fresno City. What made you go to Merced? Um, they had they had just won the, the 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 what is it the CBC? Okay, yeah. They had Ruby Drones who just got a full ride to Oregon, and nobody had left um, nobody had left uh, Fresno City and gone to a big school in like three or four years. Oh wow. And so that was one reason, and the other reason is they uh, promised and guaranteed me full financial aid, which I didn't qualify for. Oh, okay. Probably illegal, but <laughs> now in hindsight, what's funny is is I would have been two years. I would have been with Maurice Morris. Probably wouldn't have dislocated my hip, and probably could have gone somewhere big. Dang. Because those are the years Maurice Morris was there. The two years I was at Merced. Dang. So hey, you play with some pretty talented people at your time at City too, though. Let's not. Oh yeah, we had some dudes, man. Maybe not yeah, like Robbie NFL, was, not like NFL guys, but no, we yeah we we were we were just a good hard nosed football team, blue collar team, worked hard, played hard, and and uh, you know we we ended up playing San Francisco City, and they were the guys. They were just as blue collar and hard working as us, but they just had three four guys go to the NFL off that team. Yeah, so they were just a little bit more talented. So like you played, you know, you're at Fresno City, right? Like you got to play with like you know. Not many people remember this name from Hoover, but Layton Johnson is probably one of the most athletic people to come out of Hoover to play with oh, him. Yeah, Layton, Frank Jordan, yeah, also from Hoover. Um, Aaron Austin from Dos Palace. 
um, Marquise Williams from, um, he was from up north, up in the Bay. He was a bounce back from Fresno State. Cameron Worrell, who played in the NFL. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we, we had some dudes on that team, man. And then what was, you know, you had uh, was the tight end Mike Brady or? Brady was one of the tight ends. Aaron Austin was the main tight end. Um, I mean, he's 6'6", six, six, runs a 4'5". Yeah. He was a dude, man. He went to Arizona State. And then you got to uh, play with Wetzel again. What was that like? Uh, you know, Wetzel, you know, he's just a goofball, man. That guy's <laughs> he's just a, like you can't unless you know Josh. No one knows what that means. And I've known Josh since I was like in fifth grade, so it's like he's my goofball. You know, I love yeah. that guy. But no, yeah, it's you know, you guys had you know had a great run, like you said. You guys won, you know, the CVC. You went ten and one that year. Yeah, we were ten and zero, and then lost to San Francisco City. Who was all in the San Francisco City? Because they just their their program is just ridiculous. I feel like in yeah. all their sports, there has to be something shady going on there. But there's just they just oh, dude, they, were, they had like four guys go to Washington. They had two. I can't remember his name. He played for the Giants in the Super Bowl when they beat uh, Brady. Um, went to Tennessee. He 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 picked me off. So I get to say I got picked off by a Super Bowl guy. <laughs> um, but they, yeah, they had like ten guys go D one and just I mean. Rolanovich was on the team the year before the Washington State coach. Um, I mean, they, that that they were just loaded every single year. No, it's just it's they just seem like they've always just have like high major D one guys like future pros. It's just it's just ridiculous. Yeah, like, like where it's not fair. Like yeah. they should be playing. They they should be playing in you know New Mexico State, not us. Yeah. So you know after city you. Go back, you know, you go to New Mexico, man, like go to New Mexico Highlands. What was, you know, like what offers did you, did you, what other offers did you have and what made you want to go back to New Mexico? Uh, New Mexico is really my only offer. Um, once I got to, I became a terrible student, um, terrible. Once the job deadline occurred, like I wasn't in any of my classes. So, uh, you know, I would be, I'd have like a, you know, I'd get my A's in PE and then in the, in the fall. And then I'd fail all the rest of the classes. And then the spring semester, I'd take 24 units, get like a 3.5 GPA and, and get all my grades up and get everything up. But schools were just scared. Of, I was an idiot. And so the Highlands was really my only offer. And I jumped on it. I was like, let's go. Let's roll. What was that like? You know, first of all, like you'd already been to New Mexico once. It's Clovis, New Mexico. But I can't imagine there's a lot to do I'm in New Mexico. Did. Yeah, man, it was different, man. I show up there after like an 18-hour drive, and it's like, all right, man, where's the mall? <laughs> I, like, they laughed at me. And I was like, what? what? Did I tell Joe what's so funny? Like, nah, man, we got a super Walmart. Like, wait, what? Where's the mall? Oh, that's in Santa Fe, 45 minutes that way. Like, what? All right, you got a movie theater? Yeah, but it only plays one movie. Like, it was a culture shock. It was just, it was different. Dang, dang, dang that's crazy. So yeah, I mean, not a lot of guys stayed. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but you went right. Didn't there was another? Didn't you have another teammate at City, or a couple teammates at City uh, that went to New Mexico as well? Highlands was he? Yeah, we had a couple. Umar Alpha, um, who's one of my best friends, he went with me. Uh, Frank Jordan went with me, um, and then we tried to talk Chummy Green into going, but he didn't. He didn't want to go. But yeah, I had two guys with me, and um, both of them. Once the football season was over, they're like, "I'm out. I'm not coming back." So, how'd you guys do while you were there? Awful. <laughs> Awful. Culture sucked. The head coach was a moron. You know, he just, like, he, 
he's like trying to like talk to us like why he's calling what he's it's like bro you're the head coach man you just tell us what to do and let's do it like like come on man like he just had no control over the team and like you you could see it like like from the veterans how they acted how they were and everyone just kind of fell in line and just you know you just see how like dysfunctional from the outside looking back now how dysfunctional it was like we were never going to win with, with the, the culture and the structure that we had there it was just it was just bad yeah everyone was just trying to get theirs and, and trying to put tape together so they can get seen so what you know like what is that like what is that like because you know you go from playing at clovis high where you know the culture and like the coaching set you know to then going you know like you said like at merced where you said it wasn't great and now you're at new mexico highlands where it's not great like what is that like it's just a culture shock man i mean there's only like 15 people in the stands um you know like i don't even know i can't remember if we had cheerleaders or not um but it's just a complete culture shock and you just have you, you find out how much you really love the game and how much you really want like how bad do you want to be there like that's what you find out you know and, and some guys didn't really want to be there that bad and um you know we I ended up dislocating my shoulder midway through the year. So I was a med- not a medical retro, but, you know, I was out for the rest of the year after like week six. And it just, you know, it, you just find out how much you really care about the sport and like how, how much are you willing to sacrifice to stay there and to, to try to, you know, finish your, your, your education or your, your, your eligibility or, you know, whatever it may be. That's basically what it, what it came down to. It's crazy. Most people would expect that, you know, as they progress in their career, they're, the coaching staffs they'd play for would get better and better, but you were kind of the exact opposite. Man, exact opposite. I mean, it was my best staff was was by far in high school. Um, the next best was with Coach Caviglia at Fresno City. Um, yeah, and I mean, for where I am now, I'm a firm believer, and everything happens for a reason. So I'm not I'm not salty. I'm not angry. I'm not like, hey, I made mistakes. I did things that I shouldn't have done. But that puts me in a situation to help these kids. Like, I'm able to help students now who didn't, like, I didn't like school. I hated school. But I know these kids hate school, too. But if my past and what I did can help them in any way, then I'm going to do that. And I'm going to use that to try to help these kids not do, make the same mistakes I did. No, yeah, no doubt, man. Like, I don't know many kids, you know, like, you know, definitely like kids who play sports, right? Like, a lot of kids, you know, unfortunately, like, they, sports is their motivation and, without sports they probably don't even graduate you know high school or college or you know whatever it is there's there's a lot i mean it's a lot and especially in our community out at central we get a lot of kids who you know they want they want to get out and they think that's their ticket out and um they're starting to realize that they got to do the job in the classroom first and that opens a lot more doors for them um and that's one thing we're trying to educate them on and our kids have done a great job of buying in and and understanding that and doing a good job in the classroom and you know, every year our goal is a 3.0 GPA, and I think the lowest we've had has been like a 2.85. So for over 50 kids, you know, that's that's pretty good. That's really impressive. That's really impressive. Yeah. So after, you know, after you leave New Mexico Highlands, did, like, did you all, I imagine you always knew you wanted to coach football, right? Yeah, man. When I, I mean, when I was 18 years old and I, I didn't get an offer, I was like, Dad, maybe I should just start coaching. <laughs> and he's like, no. He's like, you got to go and you got to, you know, you got to have some experiences, you know, you got to learn things and, and life lessons that are going to help you along the way. It's like if you get into coaching now, you know, you'll still be good and you'll still be great, but you won't have those life lessons that will help you help more people. And so I was like, all right, you know, you're right. I got to do this. And, and I knew all along, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting, my, I have notebooks from 
from years on in of just drawing up plays and drawing up coverages and trying to do things to beat coverages and beat people and, and do that. So, I, yeah, I knew all along I wanted to be a coach. Hey, is that like the in the water boy that little green little notebook? Is that what we, is that what other high school coaches got to try to steal to get you? Is that little? Yeah, but mine mine was way better, <laughs> way better. Um, so what kind of offense did you guys run though? At, like Clo- at New Mexico Highlands? Uh, it was a spread. They they converted to a spread. He tried to make it a spread, but he didn't know a lot of concepts and like everything was mirrored. And it got to the point where I just started audible and changing stuff to where I could run and be successful. So, like, were you always, right, like, were you trying to just say, hey, like, you know, like, you're breaking down, you know, film, other things. Are you kind of at that time where you're playing just like, ooh, I like I like what they do offensively. Like, when I have my own program or when I'm an offensive coordinator, like, I'm going to take some of these concepts, you know. Were you always, like, at that, even at that time, you're just like, I'm just going to start creating my own offense or my own concepts? Yeah, definitely. I was always asking questions, always asking questions. Um, we actually had Jim Fossil come down, and he was our – he was going to be our offensive coordinator our last year. Who's the, um, he's the special teams coordinator for the Cowboys. Um, he was down there and I was just picking his brain. His dad was the head coach of the giants at the time. And I remember just picking his brain and, and, you know, he, he came in and started running plays that, you know, we have zone beaters on one side, man beaters on the other side. It's like, Oh, that's smart. All right. Why are we doing that? Okay. And it's more along the lines of just asking questions of why are you doing this? Dang. Yeah. That, that's pretty, yeah. So you come back, right? Right after you, you're done, you, I don't imagine you hung out in New Mexico longer than you needed to. No, I was out after, <laughs> after a year. I couldn't even, I, I technically I still have a year of eligibility left, I guess. <laughs> so did, did you immediately go right into coaching or? Yeah, I did. I went to, went to, um, went to work at Clovis High, um, got a job as a liaison and an instructional aide. Coached freshman football with Coach Wetzel. Um, coached uh, 18 basketball at Mickey Cox, back-to-back <laughs> champions. And I coached – I was the head freshman softball coach. Nice. Look at you all well-rounded. Yeah, yeah man. I'm collecting those stipends, bro. <laughs> you had to make money. I, had to make, I wasn't going to get a real job. Do you remember – I got to remember. Do you remember any of the kids around your Mickey Cox basketball team? Oh, man. The only name I think I remember is – I want to say Jonathan Reed and okay. Nate Miller. Nate Miller was like the shack of the league. I do remember Nate Miller. Okay. Like he was, I don't unbelievable... think he grew up. No, but he was a like unbelievable water polo player, I believe. Yeah. yeah was he? That's a big water polo player. I think I'm trying to think, or is it maybe another Miller I'm getting confused with? Yeah. I can't remember so long ago, but yeah, man, I'm, I even got kicked out of the game against the uh, 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 Charlie Ford's Red Bank team. Cause they were throwing elbows. And I told the ref, I'm like, hey, man, like, are you got, like, you got to watch that. <laughs> and he, he gave me a tee, and I was like, well, tell me you're going to watch it. And he goes, you want another one? I go, just tell me you're going to watch it. And he teed me up again. I'm like, what happened now? Like, where do I go? <laughs> like, Mr. Wolf is going to kill me. Like, I can't believe I just got kicked out of a, a sixth-grade basketball game. And what's funny is we, we played knockout before every practice. That's how we started practice, to get the kids out there faster. So we played knockout. And that game, actually, we won it at the free throw line. Our kid hit two free throws with no time left to win it. <laughs> That's awesome. Look at the coaching. Yeah. The coaching right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew nothing about basketball. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you get two steps and you pick up your dribble. <laughs> so how many years were you at Clovis High? And then when when did you decide, like, hey, I should probably branch out, you know, like go coach at other schools? Um, I was there two years, and 
I knew, you know, I mean, I've, I've grown up since, you know, what, 1991. I've been around that, that staff and it was still damn near the same staff and it was 2000, <laughs> you know, four. So I was like, all right, my, my chances of breaking in on the varsity level here probably aren't very good. Um, and then Jim O'Brien called me up and he's like, Hey man, you want to be my receiver coach over here at Buchanan? And I was like, yeah, let me talk to coach Kellen first. And I remember talking to Kellen and he was disappointed in me and he was, he understood, but he was disappointed that I would leave and go to Buchanan like of all places too. go to be yeah, exactly. but it's like, man, it's a varsity job. And you know, this is my chance. And it was really good. Cause you know, being under coach vote helped me a lot. You know, coach votes a really good coach, learned a lot of good things from him, you know, that I wanted to implement when I got to be a head coach and, and I just I felt like it was the right time to make that move to try to try to try to get on a varsity staff. What were okay, so what was like when you guys played Clovis High, what was that like? The family dynamic of, you know, getting ready to prepare? Because obviously you you know, like you said, you'd been around them for twenty plus years. Like you knew what that staff was gonna be doing, what they're gonna be looking for. So what was that yeah, like you preparing? Know, I, I helped the defensive guys a little bit just by, you know, schematics and you know, how to, you know, change coverages and, you know, kind of dictate, like they could dictate where the ball was going to go or where the quarterback's going to look by giving them a certain look or giving them a certain coverage. So I tried to help them with, as much as I could with that. Um, and then I knew the defense, you know, I knew they were spot droppers, so I knew how to take advantage of that type of deal. And I knew some of the kids, so I knew, you know, what their weaknesses were because now those kids that I coached on freshman football are now on varsity. Um, so I just tried to you know, I, it's a competitive thing. You just want to win. It was nothing dirty. Just, you know, I wanted to win. I wanted to have the bragging rights over those guys. Were you trying to see how many times you get Coach Urban to throw that hat, throw that cowboy hat on the ground, just exploit his <laughs> that, DBs? That's that's always that's all every time. Even <laughs> even even at practice, that was a, that's what you wanted to do. <laughs> so, how many years were uh, did you end up staying at Buchanan before you took your next adventure? I was at Buchanan for two years. And then I ran into Chris Williams, who uh, was in the DO at uh, Central. I was at National taking classes, and we had a lunch break, and I ran into him. And the next Monday, I had an interview at Central to be a, a special ed teacher, and, and he put me on, and Wayne hired me on his staff at, at Central. So I was there uh, for Wayne's first year and then for Casey Quinn's first three years. And then is that when you, after that you went to Bullard? Yeah, after that I went to Bullard. So, was so were you the OC at Central? You were the OC, right? Uh, my last year, I guess you can say I had the title, um, but it was more along the lines of Quinn telling me what play to call, and then sometimes he'd tell me like he would let me call some plays. But it was more I was I kind of had the title, but um, and some responsibilities. But Quinn was calling his own plays. And then when you went to Buller with Arax, did you then start to get to start calling more of your that's, own stuff? Yeah, that's when I became the OC. Um, and what you know, I, I love my time um, at Buchanan with Coach Vote. I love my time with Wayne. Um, as frustrating as my time was with Casey, I still enjoyed it and still had fun because you you learn something from each and one of these coaches, you know. Um, and then going to Buller, everyone's like, "Why are you going there? Arax is crazy. He's this and that." <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, I love A-Rex. Like, that was my most fun as an assistant coach was under A-Rex. Um, you know, I learned a lot. I learned, you know, a whole bunch of in the run game that, that's helped me now. And um, you just learn a whole bunch of stuff that, that's going to help you as a coach. And, you know, I remember it was early in the year, it was our first dog fight, and uh, Joseph Ferris was on the staff. 
And Yosef and Donnie have a better relationship than I do because Yosef played for him. And I just remember me and Yosef, you know, started to build a bond. And uh, to this day, you know, we're, we're best friends. But back then we were just learning to know each other. But we, we kind of clicked right away. And I just remember one game, Yosef goes, leave him alone. Let him call the plays. And, like, Donnie just, like, shut up after that and let me call the plays. And we took it all the way to the Valley Championship. Demetrius Warren set the record for rushing yards, you know, like 2,500 yards. And, you know, he went all the way to the Valley Championship and got mollywhopped by Bakersfield. Yeah, those driller teams, man. Those teams, they they had that run where they were just like loaded year after year. Yeah, and this was the start of it. This was the this was like year one where they were like, man, when these sophomores are seniors, we're going to be good. And then that when those sophomores were seniors was the year they once stayed over Del Oro. Yeah, they were super talented. So yeah, man, Gala Gala was like my nemesis because that was my first time playing him. So you know, I had I had gone up against them as a position coach, and you know, their stand around defense. So I was like, all right, this is. I got to beat this guy. And I mean, I thought I had a great plan. I put 12 guys on the field for, for practice, for scout defense. And, you know, we had a great plan and then we scored three points. <laughs> that has to suck. That yeah, has man, to suck. Was, like, I thought it was a great plan. It's like, we go down on our first drive, go get a field goal. It's like, yeah. And that was it. So, like, yeah, like, talk about that. Like, you know, like you prepare, right? Like, you're preparing the whole week, you know, probably even longer than that. Right. Like you're thinking, you know, because there's times where you're like, hey, I don't want to think ahead. But like, you know, sooner or later, you're going to run into this, you know, run into this team and, you know, oh, you yeah. might try stuff out, you know, just prepare. And what is that like when, you know, you have this game plan, you think it's hey, this is this is money. Like we're going to exploit this. We're going to exploit that. And then nothing is going right. Like, what is the mindset? You just got to adjust, man. And that's the thing is you can't show your frustration because the kids see it. And once the kids get frustrated, it's done. Like it, there's, there, you're not going to get a teenage kid to, to get out of his frustrations that he saw you just, you know, showing. So the first thing you got to do is you got to, you know, hey, it's working, it's cool. You know, we're good, we're straight. We just got to make a few tweaks, two changes here, or there, and you know, we were able to move the ball up and down the field on them. We just once we got in the red zone, man, we didn't have dudes. They stacked the box and took away the runner. We didn't have guys that were going to win one-on-one situations, and it made it really tough. Um, but yeah, you know, you just got to keep you got to keep plugging along, man. Find something that works. That's the that's the only thing you can do because you can't quit. You know, you can't just punt. You got to all right. That one's out. Let's see if this works. You know, and all right. Once you find that, you got to find a compliment off off that play that will work, or you know, to change it up. And you just you just try to find a compliment of plays that are going to be able be able to put together that success. Yeah, you can't hit that reset button like in the video games. <laughs> yeah, man, there's no 21 point rule where you go sticks and you know wait for the next one. Oh, so when coach, uh, how, how do you make that jump from being a an offensive coordinator to then going in as a head coach? How does that happen for you? You know, I really didn't have aspirations to be a head coach just because you know always I always ask my dad like why didn't you ever do it, and he's like man there's just too much other stuff you have to put up with like I just want to coach my guys. And, you know, that's how I always felt. And then once I got to be a coordinator, I was like, all right, I want to run my own offense. And, you know, you throw ideas out there to Arax or to Quinn and to vote, and they're like, ah, you know, you young guy, you know, you don't know what you're doing. We've been doing this a long time. Like, And, you know, they kind of get shot down. You're like, no, man, I think this will work. You know, I think I got ideas. I got... And you realize it. you truly want to do your stuff and, you know, have all your ideas come to fruition, then you got to be the guy. And so that's when I just started putting together a binder. I started interviewing for jobs and, um, you know, I did some interviews that I knew I wasn't going to get. I just wanted to go through the process, you know, get those, you know, get those, those nerves out, you know, kind of 
because I'm not a real good, I'm not a smooth talker. I'm not a people person. You know, I'm a football coach. You know, I, that's, this is what I know. This is what I do. So I, I wanted to get, you know, some interviews out of the way. So when there was a job I really wanted, I didn't, you know, trip over myself or get tongue tied or tongue twisted trying to talk through or explain something. Cause I remember I was on the panel when Hoover was looking for a head coach and mm-hmm. it, the applied. And I remember trying to tell everyone, I was like, trust me, this is a guy you want to hire. And they're like, well, he's never been a head coach. Like he, I was like, I don't care. I was like, I know exactly who he'll bring on his staff, what he'll bring to the table. I was like, this is like, you want to like, you want a football guy. This is a guy you want. And then, you know, they went with, you know, Steve Nelson, great, you know, coach Nelson, great guy, you know, but like that kind of ended up because he was at Fowler, right? And then you end up taking the Fowler job, right? Yeah. You know, that, that Hoover job, to be real, I kind of wanted – it was open, so it was like, all right, you know, let me let me try it. It wasn't the best job available. It wasn't – you know, those guys that, that have been there since Nelson, you know, Pickett and, and yeah. Pulling was there, Nass was there. Like, there's just – It's there's a revolving a door. obstacles in their way, yeah, to, to be successful. But the thing that got me was just the, how close-minded they were. You know, yeah. how they didn't – you know, oh, 6 a.m.s, you can't do that here. You can't do that. Well, nope. why? Yeah. Because you, because you say we can't? Like, don't tell me we can't do something because you haven't tried it. Like, let me try it and then tell them, oh, you know what? That was a bad idea. We can't do that. No, yeah. And so I kind of felt it wasn't the right fit. But, yeah, when Nelson got it, it was like, all right, Fowler's open. That's a great job. I'm going I'm going all in for that. And went all in for it, got it, and, you know, it was, it was, Fowler's a great place. It's an awesome community, great people. Mr. Cedarquist is, was an amazing man to work for. Uh, Mr. Gutierrez, who hired me when he was the principal there, they were, they were awesome. And, you know, they let me get my, um, let me get my feet wet out there. And, you know, you learn, I made mistakes, but, you know, in a D5 school, you know, no one really remembers them. Um, but what I do remember is just the bond I have. I still talk to those guys. Um, you know, when I got to Central, they would come out to our games at Central. Um, I, I love my time at Fowler, man. Those were great times. Those were great kids. They bought in. They worked their tails off, um, and they showed me that you know, hey, I can I can do this. You know, I'm not crazy. You know, I can be a head coach. And um, those aspirations to, to go to a bigger school and to a Division One program, you know, as a competitive guy, that, that's what you want. You know, you wanna you wanna try to be the best at the highest level. So one thing about Fowler too, you know, small town. You know, but you always know when you go out to Fowler, you're gonna get the best when it's like facility wise, they they take care of their stuff out there. The fields always look great. Yeah, man, they do everything, man. They they got us a brand new weight room when I when I first got there. Um, brand new weight room, great space. Um, the the grass was was amazing. They put a brand new practice facility in on the backside. Um, it, you know, it was it's a D five school in population, um, but facilities and mindset it definitely was not a d5 school man they they do a great job like i said it was a great place and i'm gonna tell you those those uh snack bars they got for the baseball and football man (laughs) that's some good snack bar out there too so was it you know was it hard leaving fowler or was it just like hey like you know this is an opportunity with central like It, it was hard the hardest part was telling the kids that was that was the hardest part Cause you know, you're telling them you're preaching family and you're preaching, you know, you're going to do everything you can for them. And then you got to tell them like, Hey guys, I meant all that, but I'm going to another school. And that, that was the hardest part. Um, the good thing is, is the guys I had, um, they, they knew it. Like they knew that, you know, I, I belong somewhere bigger and, and that I was going to go somewhere bigger. And they were just, 
they enjoyed their time with me. They appreciated their time with me and, and they helped me more than I helped them, I think. Um, and I wanted to let them know that. And yeah, it just was one of those things that was, it was kind of best destined to happen. Mr. Cedarquist kind of knew also. Um, and what was really amazing is that at our first Valley Championship game at Central, you know, Mr. Mr. Cedarquist is on our sideline, you know, uh, cheering us on and, and at the game still supporting me. So I, I truly appreciated, you know, my time at Fowler and everything they did, because if they didn't give me that opportunity, who knows, you know, if I would be at Central, you know, doing what we're doing now. No, that's unbelievable. So how did that whole process work of you going to Central? You know, I was, I was, I was a little, I guess I thought I was bigger than what I was. Cause I was like, all right, I'm not going unless someone calls me. Like, unless they call me and ask me to interview, I'm not going to go. And it's like, man, no one's calling me. Interview date's getting a little closer. So let me, let me call, let me, let me call them. So I, I call them and they're like, yeah, you know, uh, apply. And I'm like, well, that's it. Like, all right. I don't know, man. And I actually called Justin Garza and I was like, Garza, you know, what, what's up with this job? What do you think? What's going on? Da, 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 da. And I talked to him a couple of times, you know, probably an hour each time. And uh, basically at the end of our conversation, I was like, Garza, if everything was okay and you were good, would you apply for the job the way it is now with everything you know? And he said in a heartbeat. And as soon as he told me that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm all in, I'm going for it. So that, that's when I put all, it all in. And, you know, they actually wanted a guy from Centennial Corona. And I guess I just did such a good job in my interview of, of, you know, just giving them my, my vision, you know, what I saw and what I, what, what I thought Central was capable of being. Um, and Alicio, who was in charge of the process, who he was the one who wanted the Corona guy. He eventually, you know, he's like, man, I was wrong. You were the right guy from the jump. I want, you know, I want to let you know that I was going after this guy just so you don't hear from anybody else. But I feel you're the right guy. And I just want you to know that I'm going to find you 100%. And he has been. Uh, he's not even in charge of athletics anymore. He still sends me texts. He still, he still calls me. He's still, he's still there for me, asking me if I need anything. Um, and, you know, just kind of going through that process. And, you know, there, there were a couple of heavy hitters in there that, you know, that um, people probably thought they should have got the job. But, you know, when you're a ball coach and you have a vision of me being here, being at Central before, knowing, you know, kind of the blueprint. You know, I thought Casey Quinn did a really good job. Um, he kind of changed um, the attitude of kids there. But I thought there were some things he did that, you know, he kind of drew a line in the sand that you kind of don't need to draw. Um, and I knew, you know, I would take a different route and do things a little different um, and be myself. Um, and that's, that's what I wanted to bring to Central. And I guess they saw that vision. And like I told him, man, this was a volcano. It wasn't a, it wasn't a gold mine, you know. It wasn't a gold mine where you find, you know, you only find gold once. Like this was a volcano, and I told him we're gonna we're gonna be active, and it's gonna erupt, and we're gonna keep that thing active and keep it going. And that's what we've been trying to do. I love that analogy, by the way. <laughs> that's a great yeah. analogy, man. We're not a gold mine. We're a volcano. That is yeah. awesome. Coach, when you're when you're going through that interview process, I, I've always wondered. You know, did the did Central did they know did they know what they had? You know, you talk about that that not the gold mine, but did they? You've you've turned it into a to a powerhouse, right? They they had reached a level, but they had kind of not gone all the way yet. Did they know really what was capable? What what was possible there? I think they did. Uh, I think uh, I think that what they were missing was. You know, I was able to bring in a staff 
of guys who were you had old guys, you had young guys, um, you know, you had white guys, you had Hispanic guys, you had African like we were able to relate to kids. And I think that's what they saw was not only my vision, but the staff from from my dad to, you know, myself to my defense coordinator, Sean Garrett, guys who have been around um, football at all different levels in all different areas. And kids are kids, man. Like if kids think you're you have their best interest and you they know you care about them, they're gonna do anything for you. And I think they saw that with my staff, that's what I had. And that if they hired anybody else, you know, that staff wouldn't be coming with them. Actually, a few years before I applied at um, Buchanan and they called me back. This is when Jaycott got the job and they were like, hey, come on board and be the uh, head assistant or uh, assistant head coach. But, you know, that staff you were going to bring, have them come with you. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not. No, <laughs> like, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get your cake and eat it, too. Like, no, no way. And so I knew I had a like, that's the most important thing. you got to have a staff. You can't do it alone. Um, and then from there, you know, they've given us all the tools to be successful from the district office to the high school, um, just everything we've needed that they've, they've been able to give us and, and provide for us. And our community is amazing. Our fans are awesome. Um, they do a great job of supporting us. So it's just kind of, to me, it kind of all just fit together. You know, I think I was the right guy after I showed them my vision. And then once, you know, once we hit the ground, man, we hit it running. There was no like, you know, that awkwardness where you're like, oh, it's the new coach. No, it's like, we got work to you. you guys want to win? I want to win. Let's go. Let's get to work. And that's kind of the mindset we had from the jump was let's get to work. And then when, you know, you first walk in, the first guy you meet is Jalen Johnson. It's like, all right, I got to get this kid to buy in. Because if this kid buys in, everyone else is going to buy in. Because he's the number one recruit in the state. You know, Alabama's coming to see him. Georgia's, like, everyone's coming to see him. So if I can get this kid to buy in, like, I can get everyone to buy in. So the first conversation I had with him, you know, I know he's a, a top flight corner. I was like, man, you'd make a, a great slot receiver, dude. You could block linebackers. You're so strong. Like, man, for the first five weeks, I wouldn't even throw you a pass. I'd just have you block everybody. And he, like, looked at me like, is this coach crazy? He's like, no, nah, you can still play defense, bro. But, man, I'm like, we'll just we'll just change it up. Just to – you don't want to loose him up. Like, I didn't want him to think I was going to, you know, just come in there and try to bow down to him or, anything. like, let, let him know, like, I'm personable and, like, like I'm ready to work and I just want to find ways to make this team better and to win. And um, he bought in. And he was, he was gung-ho from the jump, man. And he got all those guys to buy in and – you know, if he doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't have shoulder surgery, we win that Valley Championship. I know it. I know it. And that one stings. This last one stings even more because it's, you know, last. But that first one stings a lot. And not having your best player on the field, you know, adds to that sting. But, yeah, that was the main thing, man. Once you get it, you got to get them to buy in. And um, once they bought in and they've seen the success, um, now we're at a place where we got we to gotta realize that, you know, we are, we're living off what everyone else did, like, we haven't done anything and we're back to, you know, square one with these guys, which is, it's kind of fun. You know, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, I don't want to say it was, it's not fun to lose that game, but they were the better team that day. And we got to realize that we allowed them to be a better team by not playing our best game, by not bringing our best forward. And so we got to get back to that because that game wasn't lost on that Friday. That game was lost in the offseason. Doing little things right, doing all the things you can you know, not cutting reps in the weight room, finishing drills, finishing all the sprints and doing everything you're supposed to be doing in the offseason. Like, that's when that game was lost. You know, they just – they played phenomenal that night, and they did all the little things all offseason, and that led to that, you know, that that butt whooping we took. But um, that butt whooping is going to be motivation for this team to 
to get back to where we need to get Central to be. Well, let's be honest though. Your your success is what made them put in all that work, right? They they were uh, they were having to to do all that just to even compete with you. Yeah, man. Teams, it's 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 like the Patriots and, and Bam. I'm not comparing us. I'm not saying we're them. What I'm saying is, uh, people want to see us lose. Like they don't. They're tired of us. They don't want to see us win anymore. Um, they're tired of hearing about us. And you know, they probably enjoyed watching us. You know, get thrashed. And that's that's more motivation for us. That's another chip on our shoulder. Um, and you know, we 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 like it. It's us against the world again. You know, it's it's back to the grind. It's back to the hard work. And it's just us, us against the world. And that's what we like. Well, you talked about Jalen. I'm gonna guess he actually did buy in because I saw him on the sideline that night. He was there a couple a couple months ago. Yeah, man. He he's bought in completely. Um, he bought in. He got his his teammates to buy in. And um, when you that's the thing, man. And I, and I read this a long time ago. When you get your best players to buy in, um, everyone else buys in. And that's that's what you need. You need your best players to buy in, and I'm a firm believer in the in the Greg Popovich rule, man. Like, my best players have it the hardest, not the easiest. I'm harder on them than I am on anybody else. It's like Trent Tompkins, <laughs> he had it the worst because he had three years of me just <laughs> on him about every little thing. Well, it has to be, you know, he's a quarterback, and then when your coach, your head varsity coach, was a quarterback, you know, like that can't be, that can't be fun during film <laughs> or no, during drills or. Film, well, it's funny because with Trent, we have a great relationship. So his uh, his sophomore year, you know, he was eager for me, but he was, you know, yes, coach, yes, I do this, yes, 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 sir, yes, sir. And junior was like, all right, coach, coach, okay, coach, I got it. And then his senior is like, coach, come on, man, I got it on Friday. You know I do. <laughs> but that has to be amazing, though, like on any given Friday night, just to see the alumni and the former players that come back to be on your sidelines when, you know, maybe they have a bye or they're not playing, you know, like what is that like too? like the culture that you've built? And then, you know, like your players are looking at, you know, the success that's came before them. And, you know, these guys still want to come back and give back to central still want to, you know, root central football on. What is that like as well? Uh, man, that's the best part. I mean, in all honesty, because, you know, all those kids want to get to that level. It's even better in the off season. Cause in the off season, like during spring break, they all come back. So, like, Jalen's here, Jeremiah, Xavier, uh, Jacob Jones, Ricky Correa, all our guys who have gone D1, they all come back and they're all working out. Um, I mean, our first year when we played Folsom, our scout team offense was Jalen Johnson, Malik White, and uh, um, Kevion Shrub. Like, those guys all came back. <laughs> and Jalen, Jalen, like, he had a bowl game coming up. And he was still like, no, nah, we got to win. Like, let's go. What do you need? Because they had off time. So he came down and he was playing slot receiver. Malik White, who was at Fresno City, was playing out. Like, they were giving us a look and going. And they weren't trying to go easy. They were trying to embarrass our kids. And that that that's the culture we kind of developed. And I, I love it, man, because the kids get to see, you know, that those guys are where they want to be. And they get to see that their hard work is is what got them there. You know, it, it didn't, like, honestly, I say this all the time. My sister, my wife, my daughter could have been Jalen Johnson's head coach. That guy was still going to Utah. That guy was still going to be a second-round draft pick. It didn't matter who his coach was. You know, he was still going to be that good. And it, it, But as your job as a head coach, it's develop the culture and to develop the mindset of, you know, not being satisfied and, and those guys coming back and 
our kids seeing them come back and they jump right in the workouts, you know, because they're the same workouts they were doing when they were, you know, the same drills we were doing. It's just, it's really cool to see. And you see the kids' faces just light up because, you know, they're, they're kind of awestruck because they were, you know, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth graders when those guys were, were, uh, were doing their thing on the football field at Central. It almost reminds me back of those like Miami hurricane days, you know, like when like they were all like, you know, like, all the NFL guys would be on the sidelines and just coaching them up. And like, you know, you'd have the coaches, but then you'd also have like the other NFL guys telling the hurricanes like, Hey, this is what you got to do. Like just uh, unbelievable. I'm not gonna lie, man. I, saw, I saw that 30 for 30 with the, with the Jimmy Johnson and, and just how like he kind of conducted those guys and, you know, I, I was kind of like, that's kind of what we got to be like. You know, you, they're on a leash and they're disciplined, but you got to let them have fun. So that first year, man, we went to San Luis. Where did we go? Morro Bay for a passing tournament. And, you know, they got the boom box out. Like, they're going to, to stretching lines. And, and they they got the boom box. And they're just, like, you know, dancing. And everyone's looking at us like, who, like, who do these guys think they are, you know? But our guys were there having fun. And, you know, I remember that, 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 that tournament. Uh, we were going at it and like people were getting mad at us because our kids were just having fun. And it's like, like, like they're trying to say we're degrading them. But like we're, we're, I, I don't know if they're looking for it, not like talking smack or being disrespectful, but our kids weren't doing any of that. They were just having fun and celebrating with each other. And then the problem was, is they were having a lot of fun because they were really good. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, that guy's talking over there. All right. You want to be them on the street? Yeah. I want them. Okay. Jail. Hey, just throw it to jail. Let's go. <laughs> You know that that's that, and that's how you got to endure these kids. You got you got to let them be kids. You got to let them have fun. Football's fun. Like let's go have fun, because it's not like basketball and baseball. You know how many times can you go to the park and get a pickup game of five on five? Anytime you want, right? Yeah. How many times can you get a pickup game of full gear eleven on eleven at the park? It doesn't happen. That's a lot of people you got to be calling hoping. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't got no gear. Oh, you're screwed. Dude. You can't play. You know, it's just it's just, football's a grind. You got to have fun, and that's what we try to do. We try to make it as fun as possible. And let these kids have fun, man. Don't pigeonhole them. Don't, you know, you can have discipline and you can have structure, but you can have fun too. Like there's a fine line. You just, you got to make sure you don't cross it. All right, coach. So we talked about how, you know, before you got there, Central had reached a certain level. They hadn't really broken through yet. Well, not, you guys didn't just break through. I mean, you won that first Valley title, but then you take another step and you go all the way to state. I mean, talk about that year and how special that was. You know, that group of guys, that it was a great group, very talented group. And, you know, they 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 were a part of the first Valley Championship and they were a part of, of, of losing the Folsom. And then the next year they were part of the second championship. You know, we had a lot of sophomores up on varsity, whether they were call-ups from the JV team or sophomores who were contributing like Jeremiah Hunter. Um, but they were a part of both championships and then they were part of both defeats to Folsom. So it got to the point where it's like, all right, we don't, we got to do more. Like it's not, our focus isn't, you know, these Valley teams, these local teams, it's Folsom. That's going to be our nemesis. That's who we have to get by. What do we have to do to get there? And it was more along the lines of them. Hey coach, what do we got to do? Like, is this going to get us past Folsom? No, we got to do more. All right, let's do more. We want to do more. Whatever you say, coach. And that was their mindset. That was their mentality. You know, after the Valley championship game, we took pictures and we celebrated, but you know, it was, it was, as soon as that was done, it was done. That was over. Um, we went up to Oak Ridge that year and played in the in the NorCal Championship and we beat them. You know, we told the team like they handed me the trophy for the championship and I took the trophy. I gave it to the principal and I told the team get off the field. Let's go. We didn't come for this. Like we're not celebrating it. Like let's go. We got a long ride home. 
And that's exactly what we did. We got off the field, changed, and went back to work, got ready for the state championship. And in that game, you know, not a lot of people gave us a chance playing uh, Sierra Cannon because they're a great team. They had great players. They had great athletes, great coaches. They lost in the 1A the year before. And, you know, usually when you get that far and you lose the year before and you're back in it, you usually win it. Um, so we liked the fact that they didn't give us a chance. And we took that chip on our shoulder. And our kind of saying that week was, you know, we didn't come this far to come this far. And that, that was our mantra going into the week. And, um, you know, we made some plays. Actually, the first touchdown in that state championship game, I called a screen to Xavier. And Xavier ran an inside fade and went for a touchdown. So sometimes it's not coaching, man. Sometimes it's the Jimmy's and the Joes. So, you know, like you win it, but how special is it, you know, you win it, but, you know, to win it with your dad? You know, that, that hug on the sidelines. And, you know, and during the moment, I'm like, get off me. It's not over. Like, like get out of this. But seeing all the pictures and people taking pictures on uh, social media and posting it from the – from the game, like it was, it was really special. You know, after after every national anthem, he's the last guy I hug before we we start the game, and um, just having him there and always be there with me, uh, it's really something special. Cause uh, you know he's my hero. That's that's my dad, man. Like I've always looked up to him. I've always wanted to be him. I've always wanted to have him with me when I was a head coach. And you know he he drives me crazy in meetings. And I'm like, Dad, would you ask Coach Simons this question? He's like, No, but I just want to make sure. You know, like. Hey, are we going to have 11 guys on the field? Like, yeah, Dad, we're going to have 11 guys on the field, I promise. Um, but I wouldn't want to be doing it without, you know, with anybody else. That's unbelievable. No, yeah, it's – it is – it's – I never thought my, you know, growing up I'd root for Central football as much as I've rooted for Central football. But since you got, you know, you got my family over there, I, you know, that's the <laughs> high school football team I root for more than any other high school football team. Just, yeah, man, it's it, it's it's funny because a lot of people say that. A lot of people, um, I mean, it's just it, it's Central's finally kind of getting the respect they deserve. They've always been a good program, and they've always, you know, they it's kind of been the you know the the redheaded stepchild of the of the track and of the Clovis schools, and now you know people are starting to see us differently, and that's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember talking with uh, my brother-in-law Anthony Camarota. I remember like you know those those times you guys would play Folsom, you know, and like the first time you guys played them and just the talent, you know, he's like, oh, the D1 team. And then the next year it's like, we're playing Folsom again. I was like, oh, like, how's it going to be, you know? And it's just that whole, like, you know, are you guys ever going to be able to get over that hump? And then. Yeah, man, those those two Folsom teams were loaded, man. I, I kind of wish we would have got to play them just because you always want to, you always want to beat your nemesis, man. Like I told you, Gala was my nemesis. You know, the first Valley Championship, who do we play? We play Gala. And uh, um, he beats me. So it's like, man, he beat me as an assistant coach my first Valley. He beat me as a head coach in my first Valley. And then the next two years, we had to beat him to get to the Valley Championship. And, you know, I, I put in the work during the offseason. I was going to beat him. I didn't care what it was going to take. Like, I, it wasn't going to be because we didn't put up points. Because, you know, I, I scored 14 in the, in, as a head coach and three as an assistant. Like, 17 points isn't going to win it. And so that was one of those things where we got that monkey off our back. We did it. I wanted, I wanted to beat Folsom because they were the ones who, you know, knocked us off those other two years. Um, it didn't happen. Obviously, you're just going to beat who's in your way. But, yeah, it would have been nice to, to get Folsom. All right, Coach, I got to ask. There, there has been one major change out there at Central. You guys got a new high school. So how does uh, moving forward, you know, how does that affect your program? You know, it's, 
they messed up the boundaries. The ba just the way they did it was it makes zero sense. Um, but what I will say is, I think we're going to be able to field two competitive teams. Garza has a great head coach. Yosef Ferris is going to do a good job out there. Um, he's a he's a great coach, um, and you know it's going to be one of those things. Is is do you want the the shiny new thing, or do you want the tradition? And you know it's it, that's what it's going to come down to because we're going to. We're going to still be good. I know that. We're still going to compete. Um, we're still going to have talent. Um, we probably might not have as much. You know, we've been blessed to, you know, have a lot of our guys only go one way. You know, we might have more guys going two ways or um, what have you. But it, it, it's it's going to make it more interesting. Let's say that. I'll say that. It'll be, it'll be very more interesting. I know all the Clovis schools are stoked. Um, I know all the Valley is stoked. Um, they feel like we've been playing with a, a loaded box. But, I mean – People say what they say, but it's like, man, it's been like this forever. Nobody complained about it until we started winning. Like, so what's the, like, pick your poison. What is that? So I was trying to figure, I don't even know if you know this answer, but like, you know, I imagine both central schools are going to want to be in the same league. You yeah, know. they're starting out in the CMAC. Um, they'll be in the CMAC playing varsity football this year. Um, I believe after that two-year run, they will be put in the track. I'm okay. not 100% sure. Um, but yeah. Hey, and then how do we get Central to not have to play Thursday night away games? <laughs> you tell me, man. That's all Clovis Unified. Like, how do we? Like, they try we, to say they try to say character counts and things are fair, <laughs> but we played thirty-five Thursday night games in my five years, six years, and the other teams have played like four. Well, yeah. So, the only time they're gonna play a Thursday night game is if they're hosting Central, right? Because they. Here's, here's what I don't understand. You're telling me a Central versus Buchanan game exactly. on Thursday night is not better than a Clovis East, Clovis North game or Clovis West, Clovis East or whoever whoever else is left. Like, you're going to make more money yep. playing us on Friday night. Nobody's going to this Thursday night game. Or if you were to put it like on, you know, I don't know how you got it, but if you were to put it like on a Saturday. Yeah, we did that with Clovis I one year. We played Saturday in the afternoon. It was, it was actually kind of cool. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because then it's like everyone, like you know, like you know, when you guys played Buchanan, like this past year it was on a Thursday night. If you would have played, the, you moved that game to a Saturday. I feel like everyone is going to watch that game because that's the premier game. You know, that's the game everyone's waiting for. Everyone's been anticipating all year, and you know, Thursday night makes it a little tough to get out there. But on a Saturday, yeah. it's See, like. But even then, even then, they put us in a bind because after that Saturday, guess when we play the next week? We play on Thursday, so now yeah. it gives us one less to prepare. And it's like, it's just like, come on, man. If you're going to say character counts and your equality and fairness, then let's let's be fair. Yeah. Make make what your school is playing on Thursday night so we don't have to do it every year. We had three Thursday night games last year. And, it, you know, and that's what sucks because it's, you know, it gives you guys a short week. Yeah. Well, we're used to it now. Like, honestly, like, oh, you guys are like sus. Like, the, the Buchanan loss this year was the first time we lost. Um, so we know how to prepare for it. We're okay with it. Um, it actually – benefits us because we've done it so many times and they don't realize that either like you guys have made, like we know how to handle these thursday nights you guys are the ones who freak out and don't know what to do or don't know how to handle it so yeah i mean i've been i've been i've been preaching this for the last couple of years now i've been quiet about it at first but now it's like well i mean what's close unified going to do to me like yeah like what you can't do anything like i don't work for you you know like you don't you can't you can't silence me because i'm saying the truth no, and that's the one thing I always, you know, feel bad is just because, you know, you guys, you guys really don't have a say in when it comes to 
like track meetings and stuff. So like, I always wondered like, does Central, you know, with you and Garza High School, like, does Central stay in the track or do they, go, you know, be, like go to a league where they're actually going to get some respect and be able to have a say and get equal opportunities? Yeah, I mean that's you said one hundred percent right there. We go in there. There's six teams in league. We get one vote. You know, Clovis Unified has five votes, so all votes are going to be five to one, no matter what. Yeah. So really, we don't have a vote. We don't have a voice. We don't have anything. Um, now, when Gar, the only thing when Garza comes in is now you're looking at if if they allow Garza in or I mean I don't really know how they're going to do it. Are they going to make it a seven team league? Are they going to wait for the new Clovis school so it's an eight team league? You know, I, I don't know, but I mean, now we're sharing our stadium also. So, yeah, you know, it's a two way street. Like there's going to be Thursday night games. Like, Do you like, will you guys play Garza? I know it's going to be their first varsity football team. Do you guys like, will you schedule them? Like, I know you guys are in different leagues. Will you schedule those games? Cause I imagine, you know, the community probably wants to see those two matchups or see that matchup. Hey, the community wants to see it. I'm, I'm trying to get it done. Um, I want to do it. Is it fair? <laughs> probably not. You know, they only have <laughs> sophomores and juniors, but yeah, man, I want it. Um, but as of right now, no, we're not scheduled to play. Do we, will we, what, what will be the name? Cause you know, every, you know, like, you know, I'm talking, you played at Clovis high. There's, you know, you have yeah, the different, the different I, names and stuff like yeah, have, the range rider and all. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, that, that hasn't come across me yet. Okay. So I, I doubt, I think that's above my pay grade. <laughs> Do we have any options, any names that pop to your head that maybe it could be called? I don't even know. I don't even know, man. I, to tell you the truth, I haven't thought about it because we haven't we haven't been able to play. I'm I'm still trying to find a game, man. We we can't get anybody to play us. Like the, there's nobody nobody to play us right now. So I mean, I, I got I'm looking in the Sac Joaquin section, the Southern section to find a find a fifth game for us um, and know to play us. So that's kind of where my my uh, where all my work's headed right now. So what is it also like being the uh, you're now the uh, you're the old man in the track now. With all these new coaching changes, you're the longest tenured. It's weird, man. I, I was shocked by the Geo thing. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel terrible for Geo and Rich because I, they're they're two great coaches who, um, you know, I feel like Clovis Unified didn't treat them right. Um, and, I mean, how are you going to treat coaches like that and try to get, you know, <laughs> more coaches or better coaches? Like, they're not going to want to come work for that. Like, yeah. it's just – like, they, they – you don't treat coaches who are doing the right thing and, and winning and, 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 and good. You don't treat them that way. Yeah. I kind of feel like it's kind of, they didn't realize how good they had it. Personally, that's just my personal opinion. I think Gio is doing a great job. Oh yeah. How Rich is doing a great job. No, you definitely, yeah. Like, you know, you talk about what Clovis high was like before, you know, Hammond got there, you know? Oh yeah, man. That, that was a, that was an embarrassment. Yeah. And, they they did that upon themselves, you know. They forced Callum out. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have done that. Um, and then they thought they were going to get more applicants than they got, and they didn't. Then they're they're left with settling for a guy instead of being able to to pick the right guy. And you know, Callum still had probably five, six, ten more good years in him. Oh, easily. And forced him out. Yeah. And then you know, like you said, it also you know, frustrates alumni, frustrates, you know, a lot of the, you know, those old coaches like Coach Erdman and then like, you know, they eventually stopped coaching. You know, like you have a lot of those guys that stepped away as well that, you know, still had a lot more left in them coaching-wise. You know, like oh, your dad. and definitely. So. My dad, Sexton left. Um, Coach Williams left. Um, Erdman just retired. But then you get those young coaches um, like myself and Billy Jack Erdman and Nagel um, and Bob White, Nagel. Like yeah. they don't want to go be a part of that. Like that, what, 
how is that going to make me a better coach? How's that, you know, how's that going to help me? And it just, yeah, yeah. That, that one kind of blew up in their face. Yep. Some might say it's still blowing up in their face, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, very true. <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, we'll wrap up here in a second, but I got to ask, how fun is it to sit back and watch a Chicago Bears game or a Texas Longhorns game these days and, and just see your kids out there? How fun is that? Cow Bears. Bro, it was it, – it, man, uh, this uh, – for New Year's, we flew out to Chicago, um, and I got to hang out with Jalen a little bit and go watch his game. Um, and it was just – like the first play of the game, I'm watching Jalen, and I'm like, come on, man, throw the ball. And I hear the crowd start roaring, and I look, and the guy got strip-sacked. And, <laughs> like, Jalen covered his guy, but I didn't even know what was going on. And <laughs> you know, I got a little teary-eyed just, like, being able to watch him, and it's like, man, this is cool. Um, I got to watch Trent Tompkins at Davis last year with a uh, play against Trey Walker. So having two of our guys play against each other That's was pretty awesome. cool. Um, we're going to go check out Cal this year. Um, I want to check out Xavier before he leaves. I'm actually going to go out there and check him out during spring ball. Um, but, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Just I remember when the they played Oklahoma in the Red River shootout, you know, I was a little behind because we had film that day. So I record it, and I look at my, my phone, ding, 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 just, you know, text <laughs> messages left and right. And I looked at the first one and just said Xavier, and I was like, "Oh man, what do you do? Like, oh, you guys are ruining it for me." And I put it on in like the third play. I was like, "Oh, that's why everyone's texting." Me. <laughs> All right, way to go, Xavier, you know. And uh, just being able to text those guys after the game and just let them know how proud I am of them, and, and uh, I'm rooting for them, and you know, I'm the, I'm their biggest fan. Um, it, it's pretty cool. No, that's all. like you know. You see, like with Jeremiah Hunter, you know, before he got hurt, and like you know, you just see what these guys are doing in college and it's just it's unbelievable and you know knowing that you know they have an opportunity to go do that at the next level so i gotta ask like is like do you always want to just stay, stay coaching high school is there you know maybe i don't know your kids are still kind of relatively young like maybe when they get older make that jump like what's you know i i kind of always wanted to be like the tim simons you know just being at the one school for a lot like those kids always know if they come back there who their coach is and and who the coach is and where I'm at. Um, I'll never say never because obviously I'd be crazy if if you know somebody came along with a, with an offer that I couldn't pass up. But I will say I'm completely happy where I'm at. I impact more people. I change more lives doing what I'm doing. Um, the college game right now is it's yeah man. My wife I got an offer for a college job and she's like you can go. I'm staying. Just send me your check. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere without my family. So yeah. that's one of those things where, yeah, it's it's just got to be – everything's got to be right about it. That's why I said, like, maybe when the kids get older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's her too, man. She's we, big family. We're yeah. all close. And, uh, she, we have a hard time being away from them for a long time. So Someday it's going to be Kyle Biggs Field at Darren Collegian Stadium out there. Wow, that'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be cool. And then you just see just all these jerseys. In the rafters, just hanging, of all your players. I'm hoping there's not, man. I I think there's about four or five more kids who can, who can get their way to the league, um, if they just keep doing what they're doing. And um, I'm really proud of it, man. It's it's a lot of hard work, and like I said, it wasn't done alone, man. We I have a great staff, a great assistant coaches. Um, you know, they they some of them have better relationships with the kids than I do because they're around them more, and you know, they get to be nice to them all the time. I gotta be I gotta be the mean guy sometimes, but uh. That, that, having a great staff has really made it a lot easier. Having a great community and great support from the district and the admin 
um, from our principals. It's, it's it's just made that job a lot easier. Hey, is there? Um, and I, I do remorse to not mention uh, Shamika Conway, our counselor, who is just she's the best man. She does she does all the dirty work, man. If someone's messing up in the classroom, she will get them right, and she will make sure that it does not happen again. Um, so she's absolutely amazing. I love her. Having her as a right hand really makes my job a lot easier. Hey, is there a way that we can have, cause you know, I have a torn Achilles and I know my man, your guy, Ray Hightower is always, he's just living on a scooter. Is there a way we can have like a different access so he can get up to the booth a lot quicker? Cause I know sometimes they'd be taking that elevator. He has to wait. Yeah, so. man. I, that's on him, bro. He, 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 I think he's hurt his Achilles every year. It's like, man, I don't remember you not having your scooter. He finally had surgery. So he's got a walking boot. He still has the scooter. But he walks around the classroom a little bit now, so he's doing a little better. But yeah, man, maybe we can airlift him. I don't know. I, 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 don't, know. I don't know what we can do. That's funny. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Shamika there. You got, there's a lot of good people out in Central Unified, man. I got a good friend, Maisie Young. She works out there. Oh, they, Maisie's awesome. She's Maisie, incredible. That's my girl. She's she should be mayor of Fresno. I, she's the nicest person I've ever met. You're 100 percent right. I've always told her she's got my vote. Yeah, man, she is. She's a sweetheart. She's she's amazing. Um, uh, Conway, she's awesome. Uh, you know, they just they love Central. They love the kids, man. That's that's the one thing I will say. Um, you know, they they love the kids. They want to do anything they can to help the kids and 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 make their future better. And and that's that's really what's what's special about where we're at right now. I got to give a shout out too. We've mentioned a lot of a lot of big big name players here too, but. Uh... My guy Kirby Piney played for you a couple of years back. Kirby, man, I love Kirby. Great kid. Um, you know, had a freak injury at Fresno City. I don't think. I think if he doesn't have that injury, man, that kid, that kid might be still playing right now. I, I love him to death. He's he's awesome. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a good dude. He's a. Uh, I got to. I was there when, you know, most of his senior year. I got to be on out of a lot of those games. So he's a good dude. And then, he is. He's a great kid. Great kid. And then we can't thank you enough for, you know, allowing your players to come on the radio show as well, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Anytime we can get those guys, get, get them out there. I, I'm just glad they were articulate and, you know, didn't just mumble and, and say yes and no things. Sometimes kids don't know how to talk and they got to learn, man. You got to learn. Sometimes the best way of doing it is doing it. And, uh, you know, throw them in the I, fire. Man. Yeah, that's it, man. Throw them in the fire. Let's see sink or swim. How excited are you? It's been a little while since you've had a quarterback come back for a second year, with, a sec, you know, year two with you. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked, dude. I think, I think Tafoya is going to blow up. I mean, he, he got better and better as the year went on, but I just think having his second year in the program, you know, just, he's going to be amazing. You know, he, he's not going to second guess himself. He's going to play with a little more anticipation and, you know, throwing guys open and trusting his reads a little more. And we're going to do some things. We're going to add a few wrinkles to make it even easier for him. Um, but I just think he's going to have a tremendous year. We got a lot of guys coming back, um, skill guys. So I, I'm excited. Um, it's like I said, it's getting back to work and getting that chip on our shoulder, and you know, getting a little uh, being mad, being upset. You know, we weren't, we hadn't been that the last couple of years, and it's shown. Um, and that's why we weren't champions. You know, other teams were were more uh, were hungrier than we were. But uh, I think that hunger's back. Um, I think it's it. I think kids want want to get back, to, getting back to getting us back on top. Yeah, I like him. Dayton's a good kid. He came on the radio with us. He's got a he's got a great sense of humor. He was laughing a lot, and uh, and he, even since then, I've seen him at a couple basketball games, and he comes up immediately and shakes my hand. He you got a real real good kid there. You're at as as QB one. 
Yeah, man, he's a, he's a fantastic individual. You know, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a great football player, but like you said, he's a better young man. Um, he's a great kid, um, respectful. Um, you know, just, he's a, he's a good kid. He's becoming a leader, which I really love. And, uh, I'm, I'm really excited for him. That's awesome, coach. Well, man, we, we can't thank you enough. I've been looking forward to this for a while and, uh, this was, this was big time. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem guys. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Kyle. You've been listening to the Off the Bench Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench.